Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and we just finished recording this week's episode because, uh, as I mentioned last week, there have been all kinds of like things going on. My work schedule is not great right now. My uh, The kidney stone thing is ongoing. There's just a lot of factors that are making 2021 thus far a big bucket of shit. But I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. Things are getting better. The Needless Things podcast is back on track where it's releasing each and every Friday. Uh, and today, it is time for the February Needless Commentary we watched Willie's Wonderland and discussed it. Now, I, I have I, I've gotten away from the needless quarantine thing that I was doing for a little while. It's still what it is. We're not getting together and watching movies because we just can't right now. Uh, but I do just want to go back to the commentary thing because we are still commenting on movies. We are still sharing our opinions and our comments if you will so we watched willie's wonderland starring nicholas cage and got together we were originally going to record this monday night uh the 15th and due to the aforementioned work things and health things and whatever else i just couldn't do it and i normally hate to wait but i knew with this movie it would be fine and it was fine we just recorded it it's great you're gonna love it uh, and we're going to get to it pretty quickly now because I don't have a ton of intro to get through. Uh, so I just want to say, one, thank you guys so much for sticking with the Needless Things podcast. Uh, all of these years, we are uh, looking forward to the time when we can once again convene in person and do things uh, again. That light at the end of the tunnel is visible now. There is hope. Uh, things are going to get better and we're going to be right there with you providing entertainment and waiting for a time when we can provide a different level of entertainment than what we've been doing you know now not to say that we're less entertaining but we just can't uh and things are different that's just how it is things are different so uh before we get to our willie's wonderland needless commentary uh, i want to talk about a couple of things one super seven the toy company that i am ever so in love with right now Next week, you get the Super 7 episode that I've been teasing for like three weeks now. Next week. For sure, 100% happening. Uh, no more delays. That is that episode. We're going to talk myself and Christian from uh, Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, run down everything that's going on with Super 7, a little bit of the history of the company. Uh, it's great. But for right now, what I want to talk about is the Thunder Tank, which Super 7 has the pre-order up for now. It is good. Uh, it's up through April the 2nd. And the deal that I had made with myself was, because I am collecting the Thundercats Ultimates. I'm collecting, like, most of the Super 7 Ultimates, which I had not intended to do. But they are such good action figures. They are such good toys, which you can see if you go check out the Needless Things YouTube channel, where I review toys twice a week. Uh, please go check that out. Like, subscribe, share, do the thing. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, last week I reviewed the second wave of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates, which are so good, you guys. I love them so much. But anyway, I love Super 7, and I really, really want this Thunder Tank. But it is very expensive. So the deal that I made with myself is I'm going to take inventory of all of the stuff that I have. And if I can sell enough things, and look, I rarely advocate selling toys. But sometimes you have like stuff that you have loose, but you also bought one men in box. Or stuff that you maybe accidentally ordered two of, or whatever the case may be. Or stuff that you've fallen out of love with. And I'll go ahead and tell you guys right now. Uh, a couple of things that uh, have been on my shelf for a while and that uh, in the parlance of the room cleaner people or whatever they are, whatever whoever the lady is on Netflix that tells you to get rid of all your shit, uh, things that, that don't bring you joy. And there were a couple of things on my Mezco 112 Collective shelf that didn't really bring me joy and that's the agent gomez and the baron bens and the aquaticons they're awesome they're phenomenal action figures i love them but i just have no attachment to what they are and when i looked online and saw what they were selling for i really was able to cut any any little bit of attachment there was loose and put those fuckers up on ebay to fund my thunder tank because if I have to sit down and make the choice, I'd rather have a Thunder Tank than Agent Gomez and Baron Benz. Uh, so I put some stuff up on eBay. And at this point, just to update you guys, I have... Now, now this is dependent upon the, the buyers actually paying me, which is not as much of a given as it once was on eBay. But... Two days from now, all of my auctions end, and I have already made enough money to pay for the Thunder Tank and then some. So come this Saturday, the day after you are listening to this, potentially, uh, I will be pre-ordering the Thunder Tank from Super 7. It looks incredible. I could not be more excited. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to put it, but I don't care because I, I never had a Thunder Tank when I was a kid. And even then, I recognized that LJN's Thunder Tank was this little, tiny, insufficient vehicle compared to... Look, because I'm playing with G.I. Joe at the time, man. And G.I. Joe's stuff is as its scale because the whole thing was designed around the toy line. So when you look at the killer whale in the comics or you look at the killer whale in the cartoon, it's the right size. But when you look at the Thunder Tank toy... As compared to the Thunder Tank in the cartoon, it doesn't work, man. And Super 7 is making that Thunder Tank that's compatible with the Thundercats figures to scale. I have to have it. I don't know where I'm going to put it, and I don't care because i got to have this thing. So anyway, that's my Thunder Tank update. Uh, you've got until April 2nd to figure out how you're going to pay for this thing and pre-order it from Super 7. Uh, and mine is... is uh, again, pending payment paid for. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention in my intro before we get to the meat of the episode is uh, if you're not following Joe Quinones on Instagram, he is the artist. He's a freaking phenomenal artist and a great guy. I got to meet him at Heroes Con a few years ago uh, back when we could still go meet people at conventions. Uh, really great guy. 
fantastic artist. Uh, Joe Quinones announced on Instagram that there is going to be a comic book sequel to Batman and Batman Returns. He is doing the art. And Sam Hamm, who co-wrote the scripts for Batman and Batman Returns, is writing! This is as close to actual sequels to Tim Burton's Batman movies as we will ever get. The art that Quinones showed looks phenomenal. Uh, he has showed some concept character art. We are going to see Billy D. Williams as Two-Face. We are going to see... In the Burton version of Batman, we're going to see Harley Quinn. We're going to see Poison Ivy. We're going to see all these characters. It's going to be very much like the Batman 1966 comic book uh, that came out that was so incredible. I'm so excited for this. Uh, I have not bought comic books in a couple of years now. I will be buying this because I dearly love Tim Burton's Batman. Even though they're not really very good Batman movies, they're awesome movies and my nostalgia uh yeah I, I put on my nostalgia goggles for those movies so i'm so excited for this you guys uh that is coming in just a few months here and then the hardcover collection of the first i think six issues of this batman 1989 continuation will be available uh available in october and then there is also uh, DC is doing a continuation of Superman 70 is it oh gosh 78 78 or 79 whatever Richard Donner Superman uh, they're doing a continuation of that as well uh, and that is going to run concurrent digital first uh, with the Batman 1989 sequel and then in November the first, I guess, six issues of that will be collected in a hardcover edition. And I'm very excited about that as well. But, you know, Batman's my guy. I, I, I've, in, in later years, I've grown to love Superman. As a matter of fact, I'm anticipating the shipment of the Mezco 112 Collective Christopher Reeve Superman, which for weeks has been processing and has not shipped yet. Driving me a little crazy. But uh, I'm excited about that as well. But this... I think the fact that Sam Hamm is writing these Batman comics is what... Well, I mean, look, Quinone's doing the art is awesome because he did the Howard the Duck comic uh, that's, I think, one of the greatest comics of all time. But the fact that Sam Hamm is writing this is awesome. So, you guys, check that out. It is time to move directly into our Willie's Wonderland Needless Commentary. Uh, just once again... Thank you for, for being a listener. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, please like, subscribe, share to this, to the YouTube show. Tell somebody about this show. Tell somebody about Needless Things because we we like to entertain. We like to have fun. And, and the thought that we're bringing joy into anybody's life is really all I could want. So if you could share this podcast with somebody whose life you think it would bring joy into, that, to me, is the best thing you could do for us. So, you guys, sit back, open up a can of punch, and uh, enjoy our Willie's Wonderland Needless Commentary.
Joining me tonight are the lovely, the wonderful, the talented, needless commentary team, Arian Gulick. What's up? Nicole Gould Cadaver. Hello. And Ryan Cadaver. That's a hell of an intro. Yeah, I know. I'm feel I'm I'm peppy tonight. I feel I good. This, this if we had recorded Monday, as was our original plan, this would not be happening right now. But fortunately, I'm I'm about to be off work for a couple of days. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling groovy, if you will. Well, thankfully, we don't have a a topic that we're all gonna like lose interest in over time. Like I'm just as hyped now as yes. I was. Well, and that's the other thing is this, this is obviously our needless commentary for February. And normally I would have been a little nervous about delaying the, the way that we're having to do the commentary now by a few days and having that much distance between watching the movie and talking about the movie, because I'm getting old. I forget things like if more than a couple of days pass, I don't even remember if I watched a movie or not at this point, <laughs> but Tonight's movie, Willie's Wonderland, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, I have no problem remembering like every second of it. I'm super hyped to talk about it. And we'll get to that. But first, I have to address something else. I have to address the, the fart box in the room. So I am currently still... This happened, what, two nights ago? I'm, or was it last night? See, like two know. nights ago. I don't even know when things happen. Uh, I'm currently under warning status on Facebook because here. Oh, it was. It was no. It was. It was last night because it was Wednesday night. Uh, because uh, me and the missus were watching NXT as we do on Wednesday nights, and particularly enjoying the promo skills of one Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into that because this isn't about wrestling, but we just were really, but we were like, wow, he's, he's got his own thing. He's, he's really found his, his spot. He's different from anybody else when he's on the mic. Uh, just very entertaining. So I posted up on Facebook, uh, a thought along those lines, love and Kyle O'Reilly. And she, because we had just been talking about it, commented under my post, I'm going to punch you in the face. Because that was one outstanding part of O'Reilly's promo. He came out uh, with a very reasonable response to being super kicked in the face. And he was like, look, I'm going to give you a chance. Uh, this is to Adam Cole, his supposed fraternal brother uh, in, in uh, Undisputed Era. Uh, he said, I'm going to give you a chance to explain yourself. Uh, you know, I, I, we're, we're brothers. I want to know. But he said, but I want you to know when you're done talking, I'm going to punch you. I'm probably going to punch you in the face. Something along those lines. So she commented, I'm going to punch you in the face on that because we both enjoyed that portion of the promo. Uh, and then uh, somebody, uh, Wilson. Our, our dear friend Wilson commented with a, I don't remember what his gif was, but he put a gif underneath that appreciating her sentiment of punching me in the face is how he took it. Uh, so I commented under that to Wilson, I'm going to punch you in the fart box. I think a pretty reasonable response. Would everybody agree? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I almost immediately got a warning message from the robots at Facebook saying that I had my comment violated community guidelines or whatever the deal is. 
uh, and it gave me the opportunity to dispute this. And I didn't bother doing that because I'm not going to argue with robots. That's dumb. So I just accepted it. Not, you know, I'd figure they're not going to suspend my account. And if they do, Oh no, I won't be able to tell the 12 people who know about the podcast from Facebook to go listen to the new episode of the podcast that comes out every Friday. Uh, so I accepted it and now I'm under warning status on Facebook, which is preposterous because my dear wife's original comment that straight up says, I'm going to punch you in the face. Got nothing. Yeah. No. I think there's something with the algorithm where if you have enough of these little close calls of you, like, which, I mean, I don't know. You probably have it. I don't know if you've got I've any. Never, I've never had this before. Yeah, I, I am not. I don't even joke about violence typically or, or anything along those lines. Like I just don't or not when I'm typing, like maybe verbally, but like I very rarely take the trouble to put my thumbs to a threat, uh, even a joking one. I yeah. got, I got a warning for uh political hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> that for, doesn't surprise me. Well, it, it, yeah, here's the thing. It was for, <laughs> It was on inauguration day describing something that I didn't like. And I worded it in such a way that like the algorithm thought I was making a racist statement towards a group of people where I was describing a previously enacted immigration ban on a group of people as stupid. And it decided that <laughs> that meant I was describing that group of people as stupid. Well, that that's the issue here is that robots, uh, like, I appealed it, was like nice. many people, have no sense of nuance. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what this has all led to is a a lucky opportunity for one of you listeners, because here's what I'd like you to do. Punch I somebody in gonna, the fart box. Yes, come, come over here. Punch me in the fart box. Uh, no, I'm going to put together now over the years from time to time, I have offered something called a needless things mystery box. That is a box of random goodness from around the phantom zone, some unopened toys, stickers, magnets, that sort of thing. Uh, just, just a little neat. Hey, thanks for responding to this contest type of thing. Uh, so I'm going to put together a uh, needless things, mystery fart box. <laughs> and the way that you can and it will uh, uh, I, I would like to note it will not actually contain farts uh, nor nor be capable of producing farts well, I'm out as I guess <laughs> okay. uh, I'd also like to note uh, the the term fart box came from years and years and years ago where a, a radio DJ that I found particularly amusing at the time mentioned wanting to tongue punch a young lady's fart box. So that's where, that's where that comes from. But I, I obviously I don't want to tongue punch Wilson's fart box. I just want to punch, punch it. That'd be it, taking your friendship to a really new and yeah. interesting. Life. Well, I don't know about new, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> Depending on your previous relationship with this. <laughs> so how you're going to win this needless things, mystery fart box is to uh, get, I don't like Twitter, but Twitter does seem to be the most practical way to conduct these sorts of contests uh, and go to the needless things, Twitter account, which is needless things underscore. I know that's great. Right. Uh, and retweet 
the pinned tweet that refers to this episode of the Needless Things podcast, which is Needless Things podcast 353, Willie's Wonderland Needless Commentary. Retweet that tweet with the hashtag punch in the fart box. <laughs> so I want to get punch in the fart box, tw uh, trend twitting on Trender. Yes. Maybe Trender <laughs> could be the next uh, horrible social media thing that ruins people's lives. Uh, no, trending on Twitter. Let's get punch in the fart. Hashtag punch in the fart box. Uh, let's get that going. So that's that's how you can win uh, that. That's all you have to do. You don't have you don't even have to listen to this whole episode. Although I recommend you do because this movie is a humdinger. Oh, speaking of humdingers, I think Arian just nailed a. Um, you got some humdingers flying around over there? No, my cat was being obnoxious and scratching the door, so I uh, <laughs> dipped my fingers in some water and flung the water at her. Well, that's that's the kind of thing that happens in the pit of despair. It's true. <laughs> or the no, what did we start? What did we decide your place was? The negative zone. The negative zone. Yeah, that's what happens in the negative zone? It's true. All right. Next so just time, finally, next time I'm going to throw the dog at her. <laughs> hey it's moxie oh you listeners wish you could see her uh all right now it's time to move on uh to the actual substance uh oh what happened looking here i feel that uh we have to acknowledge something and i think you guys will agree that psycho goreman could have very easily been our choice Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. So. Oh, it's amazing! You've got to see it. It it is incredible. It gets the needless things uh, tongue in the fart box award, uh, which is a good thing if you don't know. Can we make a trophy, a, t a tonguing I, fart box trophy. I think so. I think that needs to happen. Maybe we'll have that ready by the time we're able to. Is that actually... an achievement for a new game? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to play that game. Uh, but yeah, Psycho Goreman, absolutely awesome. Uh, three quarters of us have seen it and agree that that it's a must see. And I think we even the the two of us that are likely to collect, or I guess three of us, we saw it and we also ordered the Blu-ray. You guys ordered it too, right? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you'd ordered the Blu-ray. I, I was going to. I have. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. You and your follow through. Yeah. Stop. But Stop. But Sorry. yeah, we uh, are they we, delivering the Blu-ray right now? Is that what's yeah. happening? <laughs> I was I was thinking you were going a different direction because we immediately <laughs> stop. <laughs> That's how good that movie is. Yeah, apparently, we immediately were like, "Holy crap!" I hope they make action figures of this. Yes, yes, yes. Immediately, which is I, like someone I would absolutely buy, and I'm going to buy the Blu-ray too. I don't. I don't know whether, like, I would be happy with any action figures of it. But I think ideally, I'd have to go with reaction figures. Yeah. Because I think that, because look, if NECA makes them, they'll be cool, but they'll have that fragility that NECA figures have. Yeah. And I want these to feel like toys, but I also don't want to pay the $45 that they would be if Super 7 made them as ultimates. Well, yeah. if, if Funko did like the Savage World kind of like Masters of the Universe. Right? Oh, yeah. Those would be cool. Um, I don't think 
I don't think they're doing that style anymore. Maybe, oh, the, here we go, because this seems like something Mattel would definitely do. Let's just have Mattel do them in the new Masters of the Universe origin style. That would be awesome. That would actually be perfect. It would never, ever happen. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Uh, but anyway, so and, and you know, now that I think about it, these, these are almost like He-Man character designs. Like, they're oh. that kind of outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they reminded me of. That and Power Rangers. It's yeah, like, yeah, big time. Man characters. But uh, but yeah, awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, you need to see Psycho Goreman. But first, you need to see Willy's Wonderland. It was my favorite movie so far this year that I've seen until this one. And I'm not saying that this one's better, but I, I don't know. I like them both so much. Well, there was nothing about Willy's Wonderland gave me pause. Psycho Goreman, the, the main character that is not psycho Goreman, the little girl yeah at times is a bit much you know what i felt exactly the same way um you know when i got to the end of the movie i was like and i could take it all in i was like okay cool like i could i could understand yes. why she was yes. much in like the whole thing but there was like especially in the beginning in the beginning i was like i'm gonna hate this fucking kid yeah same same yeah as it went through the story it was like okay i see how they're playing this character and the the girl is a great actress oh she's incredible really, really good she did what um, they wanted him to do it's not like it's yeah. not like a, a a situation where it's not like an edward furlong situation yeah she's, where you're just like ew oh no no no, it she's was not an obnoxious kid. It's the character is the character is for her to be an awful kid. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I will say my favorite character in that movie. I know we don't want to spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen it, but I, the dad was so great. I mean, the <laughs> oh biggest piece of shit <laughs> yeah. I've ever been on any movie. Like the worst dad. <laughs> and I love that guy from Father's Day already. Yeah. He's incredible. And if you haven't seen Father's Day, Go, that's must watch. Go get Father's Day and fucking watch it. It is the it's very bizarre. It's fucking awesome. Same people, Psycho yeah. Gorman people. So as much as we love Psycho Gorman, Willie's Wonderland won out, and and I yeah. think deservedly so. Yeah, because it had, despite the incredible character designs, uh, great story, great effects, and humor of Psycho Gorman, there is one thing that Willie's Wonderland had. Oscar winner Nicolas Cage. That is absolutely one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Uh, the the movie stars Nicolas Cage was directed by Kevin Lewis, uh, who who might well be a first time director as far as actual feature films go, and uh, written by G. O. Parsons. Uh, also, does not have a ton of credits. And I want to mention before we get any further. Because one of my great hopes in the world now is that the Willy's Wonderland soundtrack will come out on vinyl because I need it badly. Uh, music by Emoy. It's E with, with an accent on it. M-O-I. Emoy. I don't know. But the music is great. Yeah, uh, and also... We, we know, or at least I know, I'm sure you guys do as well, people that worked on this movie, Lo, because it was filmed in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah it's a, a whole bunch of people that I know in the film. Uh, production crazy. designer was puppetry friend Molly Coffey. Um, and then uh, Ryan Keitlinger had a role as Biker. And I don't remember... 
biker being in the movie, but there were not a lot of people in the movie. So he could have just been maybe cut. Maybe. Do we remember biker? There was a montage of previous victims in a flashback. That may be it. Uh, yeah, that might okay. be it. I think that okay. that's the only place that can yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure Ryan did a great job, and, and we're happy that uh, he got to work on this incredible movie. So let's talk. Let's talk about Willie's Wonderland. Where do we start? It's so fucking wild. I think well, that- I think. First of all, I think we need to go into Nicolas Cage's dialogue right off. There's going to be spoilers, okay? Yeah, um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, stop this and go watch yeah. it. Because yeah. I'm not talking about this movie without spoiling the shit out of it. It's just not. That's I what can... we do. Yeah. So definitely... we're going to open up the fart box. That being said, you can yeah. hear wide all... open. That means <laughs> you can hear every single spoiler and still love this fucking movie because I there's agree. not much of a plot. It's just fucking yeah. Awful. And then, like, there's. Nothing happens in this movie that blows your mind and makes the whole thing take on a different context. And like, it's what you think it's going to be. It's yeah. just so much better than you think it's going. It could it's be so well executed. Yes, they, they delivered exactly because the the premise is if, if for the listeners who maybe don't know and are forging ahead without watching the movie, the premise is that Nicolas Cage's drifter character, who shockingly drives a badass muscle car. I know if you've seen Nicolas Cage movies, that's really out of character for him. Uh, Drifter character uh, gets conned into cleaning up a sort of abandoned showbiz pizza or for you younger people, Chuck E. Cheese type establishment. Uh, complete with animatronic characters that sing birthday songs up on a stage. Uh, And it turns out the place is infused with evil. The animatronic characters are literally murderous uh, automatons who can move about. Like murderous pedophiles. Did I miss that plot point? Uh, they they're, they're, they're definitely serial killers. Yeah, they killed children. No, I feel like... I don't think they... They diddle them, too. I mean... I... I think mm. that's a stretch. I mean, not a stretch, but you know, it's I like Freddy Krueger. I don't. Yeah, want it's like Freddy. You don't need to like. If if your mind goes there, then then sure. But the movie, I don't think in any way made that explicit. No, I don't think. Maybe I'm just fucked up. Well, <laughs> I don't think we're here to debate that. Uh, we have enough time. So <laughs> they, they were killing families that they were luring back in the uh, in the back of the establishment with a private party. The, the happy fun time room. Yes, they took, they took themselves out with satanic sacrifice. Yeah, it's well, it's almost like a weird version of child's play. Yeah, that's totally. the same thing I said when we were watching it. Yeah, yeah it, but yeah. more localized, and I, I don't know. It's it's everything is attached to the restaurant. So anyway. Nicolas Cage is stuck in this restaurant with these killer uh, animatronic characters. That's the deal. Sound, I mean, that right there is good enough, but the movie goes on to deliver this concept in what I think is the most satisfying way possible. It's not overburdened with twists and unnecessary backplot. There are things that are completely unexplained. Yeah. Key, One of few things that are completely unexplained. Key plot points that are just sort of left to the viewer, and and not in a bad way, uh, not not in like an oversight I mean, way. In a, does it really need to explain that much though? 
No, no, not, not at all. Not at all. And that's, that's what I liked is that it didn't say like, as the movie went on, because one of Nicholas Cage's characters traits is he has these energy drinks, this huge case of energy drinks in the trunk of his car. They establish early on that he's drinking these energy drinks. And then I think in a separate piece, a little bit later, we find out not only is he chugging these energy drinks, but it's on a freaking timer. Well, that, yeah, because well, it, it's uh, the guy told him take a break because it's important to take breaks. So I think that he set his watch to go off when it's time for his break. So when he, oh, takes- okay. I, I overlooked that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Arian's right. Like the, the guy was like, it's important to take breaks. So he sets his timer, or it's implied that he sets his timer to be like, okay, I've been working too hard. Now it's time for a break. Which is why when he's fighting, the, the one girl's getting attacked and he's about to like kick her ass and then it goes off and he's like, sorry, breaks are important. Pretty much. He's like, you know, he didn't say that, obviously. Right. Well, he doesn't say anything. Exactly. Yeah. It's genius. The entire, the entire, uh, Arian was bringing up uh, the only verbalization out of Nicolas Cage. At, there is one scene, and I, I would say it's one of the most climactic fight scenes in the movie where he actually does make some like grunting, screaming sounds as he's fighting one of the creatures. Yeah. That's it. There's, there is one other scene where he, uh, when he's drinking the energy drink, it's like one of the first times inside the restaurant. Uh, and he, he, he goes, ah, like for a second, he's like, he's like, he's like, ah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's it. That's it. No words. A grunt, a yell. That's it. Yeah. Uh, which is incredible, and I and I love those were two things that I loved that they just kept playing along. Did you keep waiting for them to do something where he said like one thing, like because I kept yes, I kept thinking they were going to do it, and they never did, which is better. I oh, it's definitely better because there was uh the 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 time that I expected it the most was when and and we we'll, we'll get to the plot a little in a little more depth, but. Uh, there is really the protagonist of the movie isn't even Nicolas Cage so much as it is a, a young girl who is determined to destroy Willie's Wonderland. Uh, but when Cage encounters this girl and her friends and the camera even teases us a little bit, like it's about to go into some sort of explanation or flashback or something of who he is and how he got there and why he's so good at killing animatronic like beings and then it doesn't and why he's so not phased by it at all right it's not abnormal at all he's he's just he's here to do his job and his job is to clean that place up and he does his job and and that's it that's all it is like and that's all you need because it's nicholas cage and his hairpiece like he's done this like so many times before like he's just like animatronic satanic possessed Thing killer he knows like, what to do he, like kills the, you know beats the shit out of him kills him and then like puts him in the bags like in the garbage bags <laughs> yes. he feels so routine that he's just like oh i guess i'm killing another one puts it in the bag brings it outside well this is like jumping ahead a little bit but my favorite thing about that is like how there's one part when the cops actually have the door unlocked and he walks outside where he could have just escaped but he walks outside with the trash bag to throw it in the dumpster, waves at the cops, and goes back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he not done. Do- he's 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 going to because the 
the the deal that is made is is Cage is in his badass muscle car driving through West Podunk, Missouri, or wherever he is, uh, and runs across some of those spiked strips that cops yeah. use to to end pursuits. Um, blows out all four of his tires, and the suspicious country wrecker guy shows up to give him a tow uh, back to town. And it's going to be some preposterous amount of money to fix his tires. Cash out. It's, it's going to be overnight. And Nicolas Cage does not have this kind of money. And he says, well, the, the local rich, old, white, redneck guy whose name is Tex McAdoo. Oh, my God. I he is a yeah. delight. Yes. I, I think he's related to Bobby Q. <laughs> yeah well and that's yeah. I, I was in mind of that i was like i don't know if i can do bobby q anymore after seeing this um <laughs> so tex mcadoo shows up and is like well i reckon we can make ourselves a deal here if you'll if you'll clean up and he's not quite this country but i can't help myself uh if you'll overnight if you'll lock yourself into my establishment willis wonderland and just clean the place up. Give it a head to toe, scrub the kitchen, clean up the booths and the chairs, and make it look presentable like. Then we'll just call this even and you can be on your way. Like that kind of, you know, well, one of those. Bobby Q would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the kind of shady shit Bobby Q would be up to. So that's the deal. Is he's he's got to clean this restaurant up, uh, which seems an impossible task because it's, it's filthy and disgusting. And I think at this point, because the movie opened with the flashback, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. So it opens with a flashback, uh, that is the main girl, right? It's not a hundred percent clear, but we see uh, a little girl and her parents are in the restaurant. They get chosen to go back into the super happy fun room. And then, uh, the parents get murdered. The girl gets away and, and that's where that's kind of left. But we see that the place is a slaughterhouse. And when Cage's character sees it, it's disgusting and dank and filthy. Uh, and, and, of course, movie magic prevails as always. But your first look at this is like, this is not a one-night project. Yeah. But the fun part of it is, that's really part of the plot, is uh, Tex McAdoo is not really expecting him to get this done. Yeah. Like there's, there's, cause when, as an audience, when you're looking at it, you're like, well, this is not reasonable. He's not going to be able to do this, but it doesn't matter. Cause that's not the deal. The deal is they're sending Nicholas cage in there to sacrifice him to Willie and his pals. Yeah. They did not realize they fucked with the wrong guy. Nicholas <laughs> Cage is going to clean the fuck. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Sponge and cleans the spray paint off the bathroom walls. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. That's not how that works. Well, that that uh, whatever cleaning product he was using has to be bad for your skin. And that man, that man, as Mrs. Troublemaker noted, was not wearing any gloves. No. He was just reaching into those doo-doo infested toilets and scrubbing them right out. He did have a clean shirt. I said, yes, that was another great thing that happened is he, he uh, text walks him over to the supply closet and is like, yeah, you have yourself a complimentary Willie's Wonderland t-shirt, which by the way, we went online immediately to order them. They were sold out. Yeah, which we did the same thing. Seems like a dumb move on the part of the filmmakers to not have that shop stocked up on the release date because we watched this on the release date. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, right. 
We did? Yeah, we did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that one we went. But but that's how and that's another thing I want to bring up real quick. That's how phenomenal the artwork was. Yeah. Like this did not look like because they have if you remember Showbiz Pizza and Chuck E. Cheese, there are cartoon versions of the characters all over the restaurant on the sign. There's a lot of production design in creating this place. And it all looked legit and fantastic. It did not look like low-budget horror movie, like they hired some local scrub to just draw some shit for the film. This, it all looked incredible. Yeah, it looked it looked like a real yeah. like version of that restaurant. And and like you were saying, the signs with all the characters. I remember that being at my Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid, with each character and the little light above the. Uh, yes, that's a real thing. Yeah, each one of them has their own like Art. for movies now. When every time a movie comes out, you get those character posters. Yeah. yeah. That are like each character from the movie in their own poster. And that's how this was was uh each of the each of the uh Willie's friends characters or whatever had their own little feature poster in the light box. And that, that's a very showbiz slash Chuck E. Cheese thing, and they all looked fantastic. So even even before you see the movie, the art looks so good, you're like, Oh, that'd make a good t shirt. And apparently a lot of people had that thought because they were sold out. Yeah. Uh, so Nicolas Cage's character, every time he efficiently disposes of one of these animatronics, which, by the way, the way that they handle the gore is it's very um, I, I hate to liken it to this, but it's one of the few things I genuinely love about the Transformers movies. I, I knew you were going to say that. The, well, they're very gory movies. Yeah. But it's all oil it's robot blood so they can be complete visceral wetworks horror shows because it's just robot blood and this one even though it's an r-rated movie did the same thing when one of these animatronic characters dies the nicholas cage is covered in robot gore and then goes and gets himself a clean shirt and puts it on yeah there's the part where he like where he kills the ostrich one and there's a shot where the ostrich is is laid out on the ground and like one eye is like whited out or rolled back and the other eye is just open and staring and its whole face is covered in this black oil and it is intensely gory except for its black oil right right rips out its fucking robot spinal cord yes oh my god yes. that was amazing and it's just splatter everywhere yeah. every time he punches them every time he rips a part off splatter it, it would be you know arterial spray except it's coming out of hydraulic hoses or whatever it's it's yeah. it's very very clever and and fun in a way because there aren't that many characters in the movie to provide Friday the 13th level kill counts. Mm-hmm. So they get around that and provide the splatter that you want by having these robots die in that way. It, it's very satisfying and very smart. Well, they, they do kill like five kids and pretty quick. Oh, sure. Succession. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You get like, your human deaths as well. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Like they, I thought they were going to draw that out and like, 
they they killed the first kid really quick. I was like, wow, I thought he was going to be around for longer. And then like, I said the same thing. Then, then like the next one they killed was the nerdy kid. And I'm like, I thought he was going to be around for longer for sure. Cause they, they very much defied the, the conventions because another fantastic thing about this movie, uh, you know, we mentioned that the the protagonist is really this lead female. Um, uh, a, I don't know that she's a teenage, late teenage girl, perhaps. Uh, and at the beginning of the movie, they tie it together very well because, of course, the tow truck driver blames the spiked strips on local ruffian kids. Yeah. And we were very quickly introduced to some local no good street kids who are clearly up to to trouble, trying to trying to set Willie's on fire. Right. And what I loved so much is that they one that they tied those plot points together, but two that even though they had Nicolas Cage in this movie, and that's all they needed, they went to the trouble of casting essentially a perfect slasher movie cast of kids yeah you had the nerdy guy the uh sort of hunky sincere guy this this i don't know if we can say the word slutty but the slutty girl um she she definitely was uh is nothing is, is the old dave Chappelle bit goes uh you may not be a cop, but you're wearing a cop's uniform. So, <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's was, nothing. There's nothing wrong with being slutty. I think that's the point we want to make. It's it's 2021. Sex positive, please. That's right. Cat, you can't go out right now. But you're they right. have. They managed to capture each of the uh, archi- archetypal kids from a slasher movie and add them to this movie and the kids that played them were great. Like I liked these kids. Oh, I yeah. think they were great because they didn't stick around for that long. So yeah, like fantastic. And they got killed off in a montage. Yeah. Like it was just like, boom, 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 boom. So, so that, that was just so many, like the movie is great. The movie is entertaining. It flies by. Mm-hmm. But I think, honestly, the biggest part of the magic is that just every decision the filmmakers made was the right one. At no point in the movie did I feel like, well, I would have done this a little differently. Like, everything just flowed right along and and just satisfied me. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, I want to mention another cast member. This this (laughs) 1,000-year-old lady sheriff. Oh, yeah. Yes. I feel like something i feel like this exact same lady played this exact same character in something else i've watched recently right, so I, I i know one thing you definitely know her from you know the infamous um uh dinner party episode of the office yes that's what it was yes he is dwight's uh um, babysitter, babysitter girlfriend who is also his girlfriend yeah oh that's no awesome way. That's yeah. not what I'm thinking of. I yeah. think I know where I know her from. Hold on, I'm, I'm checking her IMDb. Well, and it, this up. isn't necessarily this this actress, but we we watched something else very recently. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I can't remember anything for more than a couple hours anymore, so I don't know. Uh, we watched something else very recently that had a strangely older sheriff lady 
in it and and i cannot remember what it was but it, it was it seemed like almost the exact same character yes okay she was in donnie darko and she was the one she was the uh, the the sparkle motion dance mom who said uh i'm starting to, to doubt your commitment to sparkle motion <laughs> oh wow that's one of your catchphrases yeah I didn't so know that's where they I'm came from that. because I can't get more than 15 minutes into that movie. Um, so anyway, uh, we, we have this uh, lady cop that ends up being pretty important to the plot. I do like, I was a little confused when she apprehends our, our young female protagonist and takes her to a trailer and handcuffs her to the radiator. <laughs> we said yes. the same thing. I was like, huh? down jail? Was- it's a trailer. I literally, for a second, I was like, dude, "I was like, is this movie so low budget they couldn't make a fake jail?" That was my thought. We can't afford a police station. <laughs> yeah, and there is one. well, it's yeah. really more of a, a large supply closet than a police station, and that's fine because it doesn't matter because the yeah. movie, uh, like ninety percent of it, is shot at Willie's. Right, and and we've often talked about my personal needed for balance is you have to balance your reality with your entertainment value and it's a tricky thing and i can't define it but i know when they've done it in this movie for for things like that is not a police station well i don't give a shit because the entertainment value is through the roof right oh yeah it would it would have bothered me more if they've like opened in the police station but because like yeah 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 they showed it's... up in the police station like halfway through the movie and like they were only they were in the the uh, the police station for like 2 minutes right like, and we had already minutes. established yeah. the characters and the situation if you open in that then you have to have a police station because you're establishing that scenario but here we already know what's up we're already invested in the plot and the film and the characters so it really doesn't matter where they're sitting while they talk um oh okay here's one of the notes because i made notes as we were watching the movie uh so far i've uh the, I've, the characters started off looking evil and that was actually the 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 one I can't even call it a negative because in the end it didn't matter. But the one thing that I did see was like, before we even know what's going on, some of these characters already look scary, which I think, you know, that. Yeah. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they're run down because when they showed him before, like when they show Willie in his prime, like in the flashbacks, I don't think he looks scary. Well, no, no, Willie doesn't, but like the alligator, with those teeth that's <laughs> come on the alligator and the ostrich or and the girl that the, the oh. tinkerbell weird that's girl tinkerbell yeah one. that one like the rest of them when they show them in flashbacks i can yeah, kind of see that thing with its giant horrifying eyes yes looked like she had like the eyes of like a a, a bee or or like an insect yeah 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 and they're slanted, and they're very close together. That bitch is, she is a fucking nightmare fuel. The rest of them, I'm like, I could see how, like, if they weren't gross, it would be somewhat fun. Um, although weasels and alligators might not be the most kid-friendly animals, 
but fucking Tinkerbell is awful. Dude, ostriches, ostriches are fucking mean animals. That's true. They, they are not your friends. Um, I'm a big fan of the gorilla. He had my favorite, like favorite scene, probably, or at least favorite death. Yeah. He talked a lot of shit. He did talk a lot of shit. He he got what was coming to him, dude. And that Love scene, that scene was so good. Where because he's clean. This is the aforementioned bathroom cleaning scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Cage goes in, no gloves. He's like, "I'm cleaning this bathroom. I'm gonna get some doo doo on me, and it's just gonna happen. So I might as well just wade in and go for it." And he gets uh, the voice talking shit. And does the classic open the stalls like boom, nothing, boom, nothing, and then gets to the fourth stall, opens it up, nothing there. You're getting warmer. Yes. You're getting warmer. Oh, it's beautiful. And then the final stall opens it up, nothing's in there, and you're like, well, now I don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden, these giant gorilla feet come down from the ceiling, (laughs) hit him right in the chest, and it's on like the fights look so good you'd think that yeah. there would be a lot of limitations because obviously the animatronic characters are are actors in suits like mascot style suits or or fur, furry suits if you prefer <laughs> no wonder no wonder i enjoyed seeing them all die <laughs> but the way it's shot the fight scenes look so good there's never I don't remember a single moment where I was watching Nicolas Cage fight these characters and I thought to myself, well, they had to shoot that angle or otherwise it would have looked bullshit or they're compensating for the fact that this they can't move that well in the suit. Like it was shot shot and edited so yeah. competently that I not, not at any point was I taken out of the action. And that's that's wild. That's an incredible accomplishment. It is because yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing about like this one, and like we also just recently watched uh, the Banana Splits movie, and I'm sure they're going to do Five Nights at Freddy's. But it's like yeah, there's of- actually a Five Nights at Freddy's movie in development. Yeah, right. yeah. But like, it's kind of cool because like you can do this movie about killer animatronics, but just have guys in suits. Yeah, and and they look great. Yeah, and, and yeah, like you said, those fight scenes could have looked fucking terrible, but I mean, they they really pulled it off. There's, a and scene. I never thought about it being people in suits except for the fairy lady because that's a clearly like a, a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one where where the, the she's just uh, got like a helmet on or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, she had some weird. She had because her hands only had like three fingers. Like she had like Ninja Turtle hands, <laughs> which yeah. was extremely weird. Everything about her was so fucking disturbing to me. Yes, like it. It was really rough. And they did the great bits where they did like the the reverse speed up shot where she climbed backwards up the tree and like all oh, the yeah. weird, all the classic weird uh, editing tomfoolery to make a character look like it's moving faster in a. And it just way. makes you feel like just kind of put off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, very off putting. Off putting is that should have been her name. Off yeah. That's it. That's all yeah. it needed. Uh, uh, so you're real- a problem, uh, not a problem, but I did think it was like weird how nice her little lair was compared to everything else. <laughs> I no, remember it was like- her fairy forest or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I guess you didn't have to clean that. Well, and that was the only, and, and I, it didn't matter because it was such a good setting. I was happy uh, with yeah. it. 
but that was the only thing that felt inauthentic because if you went to showbiz or Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, there was no like entire room of fairy forest. No, I feel but, like that. Was, I feel like they may have been even shot at a different place or something. Yeah, it could, it could have been, but it was fine because yeah. it worked so well for for what was needed. And, and yeah, it was fine for that scene. It was perfect. Ex- and well, and they did need to expand the size of the place a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm fine with that. Um, so real, real quick to run through to get to the note that I wanted to get to. So characters start off looking evil. Uh, is badass muscle car in Nicholas Cage's contract? Do you think he provides his own hair pieces? <laughs> I feel like this thousand year old lady was a cop in something else we watched recently. We cannot afford a police station. Uh, and then the the note that I'm I'm trying to get to is. It would be awesome if he just didn't talk for the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> I said, said the same, the same thing. thing. <laughs> I was like, how crazy would that be? And that's the fun- yeah. And the more it went on, the more we were like, oh, he's really I th- not going to talk. I think talk. they're going to do it. And yeah. then we got to a point where like, you don't want it. You don't want him to talk because I'm like, right. fucking keep it going. And that was, so that was another, that was no, another part of the, pro- on the plot without talking. Like, and like he did it, he pulled it off amazingly, like talking to the mechanic and shit. Like he was able to like, it was believable that they were continuing the conversation, even though he never said shit. Yes. The way that it was written and performed, you could accept as the audience that he wasn't talking. It didn't come off as this awkward forced thing. They really did. And again, I think editing plays into this a lot too, because the, 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 the uh, spacing between exchanges and, and stuff like you really have to be on point and who let's see if if they've even got the editor edited by ryan liebert or liebert i don't know if it's liebert or liebert i apologize ryan uh, uh but i think he everybody did their thing everybody was on point but i think the editor probably gets the most credit for how cohesive this was oh yeah um yeah. This is one where the magic really did happen in the editing room, I think. Uh, There's a moment with Cage, though, where, where I, and I think it's probably what you were talking about before, where you think he's going to talk, where the camera goes to him and his look is very heavy. Very like, about to... Says to, so much. To, yeah, and it's like... To, uh, bear his soul. Yeah, like this, here comes his... His backstory, his reason why he's here. Because I was watching, right. and I was like, okay, there's got to be like a he's had an interaction with, with you know this Willie's Wonderland before, and he's or these Satanists or whatever. They ate his children, something. I'm like, that's that's got to be what it is. And he's, here it comes. Now he just roams the countryside, well, going yeah. random. At one just, point, they just like have this heavy pause, and then that's it. And they just go, they just cut away, and I'm like. This motherfucker's really not going to speak this entire movie. Holy shit, I love it. At one point, I legit wondered if this was like a backdoor sequel to Drive Angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just, you don't know. And it could be. And that's the beauty of it is they didn't nail anything down. Um, so go, to get back to our kids, our group of kids led by uh, the, the young lady who ends up being the child from the opening segment. Mm-hmm. I love this concept they introduced of these are the local hooligan kids, but they're doing a good thing. 
They want to get rid of willies. They want to destroy this source of evil in their neighborhood. Like I really, really love the, the, the outcast kids out to do good. Like it's almost like kind of like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do wonder though, like why were the rest of the town people so against them burning it down? It's like, that would be good for everyone. I feel like there was, and, and it may have been implied at one point, uh, I have not been right now. I'm I'm uh, in the arms of Elijah Craig, and <laughs> when we watched this, I, I was in a similar situation. And I don't do that a whole lot lately because of the whole the freaking health bullshit that's going on with me. So the bourbon takes hold a little bit more strongly right now than it normally does. You're lost in the sauce. Yes. Yeah. So I could have missed a direct connection, but I feel like when the thousand year old cop lady is explaining everything. Cause she ends up delivering most of the exposition. Yeah. yeah. I think there was almost like a covenant with the town. Yeah. Was a, okay. So that's, I mean, that's why the kids want to get rid of this place, but the rest of the town doesn't because it's almost like a, uh, I'm trying to think of a similar, it, it's, it, it's a trope. It's a thing yeah. where the town has made a deal with something evil to yeah. look the other way, and again, almost like it, where yeah. they look the other way. Well, like their their deal was that not they weren't just going to look the other way. They provided the sacrifices. Yeah, they they fed people in order to like keep the townspeople. They're like, we'll give you like weird drifters and people driving through town. Don't kill any more townspeople. Right, right. Now, they were like- they were venturing outside the restaurant, killing people. They said that. They didn't yeah. show it, but they said that they showed it in the in the flashback. Yeah, but they were like venturing outside the restaurant, and killing people. So that's why the town. So the like, townspeople were like, "We'll bring these drifters yeah. and and people driving through town to yeah. you to kill. Guys, Don't kill any more of us." Yeah. yeah. If you guys remember, um, after Nicholas Cage uh, kills the Tinkerbell chick, and he hacks her up, and he puts her in a bag, and he puts her in the garbage. Remember, she reassembles. And comes right. back. Remember, and she gets in the bed and she blows up the um right, the- right. It's so fantastic. What she I'm blows thinking- up Tex McAdoo and the uh, the record driver. Yes. Yeah. What I'm thinking is maybe they've tried to destroy them at some point and they reassembled. So then the townspeople were just like, okay, cool. Here's some drifters. Stop doing that. You know, like maybe they had already tried it and it didn't work out and they like put themselves back together and were back in willies and, and causing destruction, you know, and like it's part of the f- they put themselves back together makes them a thousand times scarier. And that's part of the fun of this is this delivers all the fun, the action, the horror, the story that that you need. And if you want as an audience member you can speculate on filling in some of the blanks and whatever you come up with is, is great. Like there's no contradicting anything. It's just, Ooh, if, if, if you'd like to speculate more about Cage's character or about the nature of the deal with the town, then you can, but if you want to just take it as it's presented to you, you can do that as well. I take it crazy. I can't believe we're sitting here talking about like how deep and thoughtful (laughs) thought thought provoking 
this movie is, but it really is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I take it as Nicolas Cage is just really good at his job and doesn't want to have people fucking his shit up. I think that's all it is. I think to mm-hmm. me, his character is just a guy who gets shit done. Yeah. Is committed mm-hmm. to getting shit done, whatever that may be, which the thing I love about that is it leaves it wide open for a follow-up that's completely different. Yeah, that would be awesome. Nicholas Cage traveling the country with his, and, and we'll we've jumped around the whole time. At the end of the movie, uh, the the young female is the lone survivor of her group of friends. She has nothing. She has nowhere to go. Her parents were murdered at the beginning of the movie when she was a child. So she hops in Nicholas Cage's muscle car, and the two of them in a completely like non lascivious manner. Like it's very. We're pals. There's no like winky sexy. It's no, thank goodness. It's we're both loners, but now we're on the same path. Like it's he gives her her an energy drink. Yes, he shares his energy drink with her. She's Um, now part of the team. Yes. So I mean a hundred percent the follow-up to this, which I hope there will be one, can be anything. mm Mm-hmm. What if it is the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? What if I don't want that? I don't because we've we've already (laughs) seen Nicolas Cage's character handle that. Here's what I want: I want them to drive to like Nova Scotia and have to deal with some kind of weird fucking like Viking demons. Yeah, they've got to fight off like some possessed baby seals. Sure, whatever (laughs) they can do. Whatever they should do, they should have a. They should have the two of them, uh, the car breakdown in Salinas, California, and have to fight Lost Boys vampires. Right, but they never yeah. specifically mention Lost Boys. It's just, and maybe, you know what? Maybe they never even specifically mention vampires. The, the things they're fighting have all of the traits of vampires, but at no point do they say in the movie Vampire, Nicholas Cage just Nicholas Cage and his young protege just handle the shit. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love that idea. That's great. I I fucking love everything about it. Like like I said before, I had this whole thing I created in my head of like what his backstory must be up to about halfway through the movie until I realized this movie is not playing by any of those rules yeah. at all. It's not I'm not going to get that. And I love it. Yes. I threw that whole like that because I was, you know, because what you do, you know, I was predicting what, where the story was going and all that. And then I was like, man, they're not going to give me any of that shit. This is just Nick Cage just existing to fuck shit up and drink energy drinks and And play play pinball pinball. and fucking Vogue. And (laughs) It was it was beautiful, like, and I th- I threw that whole idea out, and I was just along for the ride, and it was perfect. And that's a huge part of the satisfaction and delight of this movie is the four of us are, and and I'm not trying to say any of us are any kind of like hoity toity movie critics or anything like that, but we consume movies, mm-hmm. and in a way that you know. John Q. Public maybe doesn't. And it is very hard, I think, for any one of the four of us to be surprised by a movie in a significant way. 
Yeah. I think I saw the trailer. I didn't expect any surprises. No, no. We, we, we probably see things coming from a mile away in general. And, you know, every once in a while, a plot twist will get us or something like that. But I think the four of us all recognize the tone and direction of cinema in a way that uh, is, is not the norm. We know the formulas quite yes. well. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, like you said, halfway through the movie, I'm sitting here reeling through my head, okay, so this energy drink thing, maybe he's been, like, poisoned by mobsters, and he <laughs> has to drink these, or he'll die. Like, it's like a crank situation. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? And, and that, because that's how my brain works, I apply the information I've gleaned from every movie I've ever seen to every movie I watch. And because nine times out of 10 plot point, right? Right. Nine Why times out of 10 wasn't an important plot point. That cinematic training, it gives me insight as to what's happening in this case. It didn't because they weren't playing by those rules. They weren't using those tropes. They were just trying to deliver a fun movie. And you're right. It was like halfway through where you realize I've just got to throw that out and go along for this ride. Yeah. And that's when you really buckle in and really love this movie. I think uh, my, my, uh, another note I want to mention really quickly. I wish Nicholas Cage would come clean our bathrooms. <laughs> no shit. Loosen there for about 15 minutes. It would be a new world. <laughs> okay, here's another. <laughs> All right. This I love this note because it is immediately rectified. So I mentioned that I thought some of the animatronics looked a little too sinister from the outset. The other thing that I that the, my one other negative note was I really wish they could have shot this rooftop scene on top of an actual building. Yeah. The green screen looked weird. It was bad, really bad, but it is almost immediately justified because without significant cuts, they fall through yep. the roof. Yep. And it's so awesome because you don't have the normal, like, you know how in a video game, when you're looking at a big stone wall, and you see the section that's like a slightly different color than yeah. everything else. And you know, that's where you've got to punch through. Yeah. So typically in lower budget movies, you have a similar effect where one scene is shot a certain way and then they cut to a, like a different angle. And you're like, Oh, well, this is the angle where this action is going to happen. This, this is, are. this is the different colored wall. Yeah. yeah. But in order to avoid that, they just went ahead and shot the whole thing in the same location with the green screen so that they wouldn't have to have that sloppy cut to the stunt floor that they all fell through. So while you're looking at it, you're like, oh, this is at a green screen. But then you're not expecting it when the fucking floor goes in and they all fall through into the ball pit. I love I the fact that they fell into the ball pit. Perfect. It's so good. So, like, again, those decisions, 
what what an intimate knowledge of film you know we talk about or i was just talking about how the four of us have this knowledge of filmmaking and this familiarity with the language of film but my gosh what an intimate knowledge of filmmaking these people had to know that they needed to present this scene in this way Mm -hmm. to engage the audience because if you think about any other lower budget film you would have had the shot of them on an actual building that would have looked one way and then the the shot looking down at the feet of the ceiling or the roof giving way that would have looked different mm-hmm. because it was the stunt roof and it would have sort of given away what was going on but here they used the same set for everything so the audience still got that thrill of holy shit they're falling through the roof yeah, I so had smart. I did not expect that at all. No, no, and and well, and you didn't expect it to to flow as smoothly as it did because we're conditioned in these low budget scenarios to see cuts like that and to see differences in set quality like that because typically it would have been on a real roof they would have shot and then they would have had their set built. And this, they just used the set, and, and it worked so well. They, The choices they made of how to immerse the audience were so good. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk about the pinball machine? Uh, yes, please do. Oh, the okay. The pinball machine that we see, you know, they established that this is what he's doing on his break. But then we straight up go to the... Uh, how do we how do we want to describe the slutty girl without well we've already established slutty is not a bad thing. Yeah. Enthusiastic, physically enthusiastic yeah. girl and her boyfriend, which it's her boyfriend. So really whatever. They're in the hypersexualized. Yes, yes. <laughs> um they're in the super happy fun room or whatever it's called, getting it on, and we're cutting back and forth between these two people getting it on and Nicholas Cage basically fucking this pinball machine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. He's drinking his energy drink. He's playing pinball and thrusting his hips and voguing and doing like it's one of the greatest oh yeah. Um, That's a highlight. What is there a specific term for cutting between two different scenes in that way? No, I mean where, where you're yeah. you're matching the synergy. There's a synergy between two between disparate two scenes. Chad, I mean, it probably is, but we don't know it. Right, we're like we're we're uh, we're educated in film, but we're not geniuses here. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the, these two forward. scenes are spliced together uh, with these physical uh, movements that are two very different things, and it's awesome. And the yeah. pinball machine itself. Ryan, it's tell awesome. us about this pinball machine. It is a character in this film. It's Yeah, I mean, the, it, he takes it off and he like he takes the cover off and he starts cleaning it. And it's like just gorgeous, this old school pinball machine with the characters in it. Like they, that had to take some damn time to make that. I mean, it's got all the character art on the machine and everything. And yeah, he just, like you said, he just decides that that's what he's going to do in between killing animatronics and, and uh, drinking punch. <laughs> Punch, punch yeah. energy drink. Well, I don't, yeah. you know, I keep saying energy drink. I don't know. Is it specifically? Yes, it says I... on the side, they show it for a second. It says a punch 
uh, a punch of caffeine yeah. to your kisser. A punch of yeah. maybe it's really it's not quite an energy drink. Maybe it's more like jolt, surge, or jolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it can, it's like Brondo. It's the thirst mutilator. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. Yeah, what plants crave. So, uh, okay, here's here's a note. Oh wait, also with the fucking scene. What the fuck with them knowing where they're at and they're looking at the alligator and they're like, was that here earlier? And then they just keep walking. Come on. They, like, they, they totally right. deserve to die. Yeah. My, like, now, I, my I, hypothesis of that was that Liz, the, the main girl, is the only one that's actually seen the Willie's. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, she, she's the only one that knows for sure that Willie's yes. is evil. Everybody else has just heard weird stories and shit. Yeah. There's like, oh, sure, whatever. And they like kind of believe her. They like believe her because she's their friend, but they don't like wholeheartedly right. believe that these things come alive and kill. So like they're with her because that's like their crew and they're loyal to her, but they don't like fully believe it they they like kind of are like there's got to be a rational explanation blah 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 blah. so i think that's why they go and fuck in the happy fuck room or whatever and beyond that i look ryan arian i don't know about you guys i'm 44 years old but i very clearly remember the degree to which hormones and the possibility of sex influenced my decision making when I was a teenager and you know that, that's, that's beyond so like also she's pretty hot so yes mm -hmm. uh, and well and and it, this is this is the point I'm at in my life where I watch something like this and I see the the girl who is clearly meant to be the the sexy sex pot girl or whatever and I'm like can I even enjoy this can I? Is this wrong of me to look at her and be like, "Oh, she's nice to look at"? I, I, I don't know. I'm getting at a confusing point in my life now, where I feel like maybe I just need to like put myself in a home. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of you, you and Dio, speaking of, speaking of sex, uh, we get. I, this is my note. And I hope you guys can provide a little more context because it's a little blurry in my head. But my note in its entirety is, "Wanna fuck, fatty?" Oh yeah, that's uh, the siren says that to one of the kids in the flashbacks because they said the animatronics. Okay, it's a flashback. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they just said that the animatronics were acting strange and saying things they weren't programmed to say. <laughs> and that's fine. it's shocking that they wouldn't program her to say "wanna fuck, fatty." Yeah. <laughs> And then my next note, my next note directly after that one is the casket creatures need to cover six little chickens. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fuck yes. That's yes. A good idea. Like All 100%. We talked about uh, possibly using that. Like, a, And by we, I mean like me and like Nicole and Nathan that was like hanging out over here. We, <laughs> we were like, we were like, man, that would be cool to use one of these songs as an intro for a show. But that's, I, I think a full on cover of that one. Yeah, that one's awesome. That's a good it would one. be great. On that same uh, thought wave, um, I had the happy birthday song stuck in my fucking head. <laughs> like, three day We're walking around the house. It's, it's your birthday. birthday. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> now it's going to be back because I just sang it. 
the one that got me was head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Oh God, that was such a great scene. That was the one that that stuck in my head for like the rest of the night. <laughs> but then and this goes back to me saying i want the soundtrack so badly uh the the almost like pet shop boys style willie's wonderland theme song it's really good yeah yeah and, and this is fully by emoy emwa whatever yeah. um it was awesome yeah. And that's where we get the full like montage scene. Yeah, but I, then, I'm, I'm with you on wanting the soundtrack because the soundtrack's fucking awesome. Yes. I need it on vinyl. I need it to happen. Unfortunately, okay. we're in a we're in an era where all kinds of crazy things are popping up on vinyl. So I think I think there's a good chance it'll happen. But musically, you guys, let's talk about end of the movie. Personally. I feel that after the Devil's Rejects, no movie should ever yeah. again use Freebird. You can't because I don't care how you feel about Rob Zombie. I don't care how you feel about the Devil's Rejects. I love that the movie. use of Freebird at the end of that movie is fucking phenomenal. Yes. And as soon as it started playing in this, I was like, "Oh, you can't, you can't do that. You, you just can't. It's spoken for. You cannot do it." But it earned it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It worked. It totally it, earned it. So yeah. yeah, it did the same thing with us. It immediately put us in the Devil's Rejects was, yeah. mind place. Right. You can't. You can't because you're not going to top that finale. Yeah. You're just not. No. But, but that's not what it was doing. No, it, it was, was perfect. perfect. That was a great. Yes. Yeah. And especially oh. to carry it all the way out to where our our young and I'm. Okay, let me. I, you know what? Let me not be a complete jackass. Let me go actually name our our cast. Liv, Liv yeah. is our our female protagonist that we've been talking about. To use Freebird to actually carry it all the way out to the end, where Liv joins Janitor. <laughs> which, by the way, this is funny to me because Nicolas Cage is only credited as the janitor in this movie. Yeah, I am currently in the midst of a, I can't call it a rewatch because I never watched all of the episodes when it was on the air, but I caught it from time to time and really enjoyed it. I'm watching Scrubs right now, mm -hmm. and by far, my favorite character is the janitor. Yes. Who also mm -hmm. is just the janitor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a big uh, janitor Dr. Cox fan. It, well, Dr. Cox, look, John C. McGinley is next level incredible yeah his it's almost like he spits battery acid he's just amazing but janitor as far as just being like the character that you can always rely on to be to get a laugh is is great so the fact that nicholas cage also is just janitor in this was really funny and timely to me but for Liv to join janitor at the end of the movie to Freebird, and if you know Freebird, which how the fuck in this day and age does anybody not know Freebird? yeah uh it's just it, it, it was perfect it yeah. was uh nothing will ever be as epic as the finale of devil's devil's rejects but it was as appropriate 
Yeah. And I, oh, that was the perfect choice. I feel like, you know, they they are very aware of that when they used it for that. Oh, they have, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I bet they... intentional. They, I, I want as... As fluent as these filmmakers seem to be in the language of horror movie cinema, there is no way they didn't debate whether or not they even wanted to do that. Yeah. And they were bold and chose to do it, and they delivered. Again, the right decision. Mm -hmm. They nailed it. And also it's notable because it's the only piece of music in the movie that's not original to the movie yeah that's how strongly they felt i would love to have a conversation with them about their decision to use that because it's a big deal like it it you know it costs money to license music in that way so they had to feel very very strongly about using freebird for that finale do you think uh, so? Another big choice is obviously Nick Cage not talking. Like that's ballsy as shit to me. Because if I got Nick Cage in my movie, I'd be like, "You're fucking talking all over." You'd be place. writing lines for Nick Cage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's badass too. That they were like, you know what? We're gonna have Nick Cage, and he's not gonna say a fucking word. That's but I a- also thought that might have been Nick Cage's call because he's a I- producer. Yeah, I don't. I, I read I, like the tr- some some of the trivia on the IMDb page says that he he's always wanted to do a silent role, so I think that's probably a lot of it. Yeah, uh, but but still, that commitment. Th- there's so much commitment to the vision of this film. Yeah, and it's so admirable. And and look at it. Speaking of trivia, I'm not on IMDb. I'm more of a Wikipedia guy. <laughs> so this was shot in a month wow one month four weeks that, i can believe that that's intense. but yeah most of it's in one location so yeah i can see how that would be possible mm-hmm. so real real quick i gotta mention this this is weird originally it was wally's wonderland but some kind of legal issues, they had to change it to Willie's Wonderland, which I think is better. Willie's is much better. Willie the Weasel is much better than Wally the Weasel. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want I want to run down because I I didn't make notes of the names at all of because they're not important. But our animatronic characters are Barry Bear, Douglas Dog, Pirate Pete, Polly Penguin, Regina Rabbit, and those were replaced. With Gus Gorilla, Artie Alligator, Tito Turtle, and Cami Chameleon. And real quick, I just want to give a shout out to Nighty Night. Yeah. Because that night yes. was so fucking weird and yeah. led to the scene of Nicolas Cage with the gigantic sword. <laughs> Decapitated. Yes. If you have the opportunity to put a huge bastard sword in Nicolas Cage's hands, yes, you do it. Oh, yeah. Making him overwriting lines of dialogue, over giving him cool scenes of standing outside a car, taking his sunglasses off. You put a fucking sword in that man's hands. Uh, Oh, man. Which I think, I honestly believe the only reason there was a knight, because the knight was a little incongruous to the rest of the characters. It was a little yeah, weird. Yeah, but there's a pixie, too. Fairy. 
I, but I 100% believe the only reason one of the characters was a knight was so they could put a gigantic sword in Nicolas Cage's hands. Yeah, I agree. And it there's nothing sense. wrong with that. Yeah. yeah, Tito the Turtle's a little little odd. Well, like, Tito the Turtle's so great because he's the one that leaves the restaurant. Yeah. Yep. And at the end of the movie, we get that great scene where he's, he's waddling down the road yeah. and they just blast through him with the car. Yeah. Also, when he's getting beaten down, like the subtitles are like, he's like, ow, quit hitting me in the yeah. ball. <laughs> yes. Like his balls? Uh, the so. It's like just a giant nose. Like the ones that are, the two that are kind of humanoid are the ones that are so unpleasant. Well, it's that uncanny valley. It's that, yeah. you know, the others are all just animal characters and we're used to seeing these kinds of sort of mascot characters throughout our lives. But when they get a little bit too close to the actual human form, I think is when they become truly disturbing, which is yeah. why, uh, what's, what's her name? Siren. Sarah. Siren and Nighty Night were a little more disturbing than the yeah. others because we could recognize like, I didn't really think Nighty Night was that bad because he kind of just looked he he looked like a fucking high school football mascot. Yeah, uh, he, he had that. He was like all nose. I he I don't he bothered me. But si Siren Sarah definitely creeps me out, and the uh, the fucking Willie himself was pretty fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, and I think Willie because his like neck is so long. And, yeah, and he's just well like, the ostrich too though the ostrich also which. I was a little disappointed the ostrich went out so early. Yeah. Yeah, the ostrich was a good one. Yes. But, but it was a great death, too. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, because it establishes, like, all right, audience, <laughs> we're going to give you Nicolas Cage beating the fuck out of an animatronic ostrich. It's something you've never seen before. <laughs> so we want to hook you in and, and bring you along for this ride, this fantastical ride. Like, it was almost like it was the that was the perfect hook. Nicholas Cage mutilates animatronic ostrich. How like, could you not be into that? Right. And and that's what you need to know. And he follows it up by curb stomping one into a urinal. Oh my yes, god. The, I, we totally for we totally overlooked the gorilla oh. getting <laughs> curb stomped on the urinal. Oh man. This this movie is absolutely phenomenal it rules speaking of you know we talked about we want psycho gorman toys i also want oh all yeah all of them Gorman toys holy shit all of them yes yes a hundred percent i'll probably buy one of each or two of each just so i can have like a like a, a shelf that's just nicholas cage just beating the shit out of them and have them all ripped apart well here's that's here's what i want i want um are you guys familiar with Glyos? Mm -mm. Glyos is a sort of three and three quarter inch, four inch action figure style where they have interchangeable limbs. So like it's, it's a lot of independent toy makers use this. So you could put the arms from one toy on the body of another toy. Yeah, I've seen I want Glyos compatible Willie's Wonderland figures. So you can take them apart and you can do two different versions so you can yeah. do the totally clean like on stage animatronic ones and then you can do another set with all the spatter all over them and since their arms and legs and heads can be popped out 
and interchanged, you can take them apart, and then your Nicolas Cage figure can just be standing amongst the the destroyed rubble of these figures. Take my money. This is what I want. I'm in. Make it happen. I don't care who Super Seven, whoever. Fine in the ostrich. Oh my gosh, that would be glorious. All right, did you guys have uh, any other thoughts about the magnificent masterpiece that is Willy's Wonderland? I I really can't think of anything because everything I wanted out of this movie, I got. Yeah. Yes. One that yeah, everything like I you know, and then even at the end, I was like, man, I hope. Text McAdoo and the, and the mechanic bite the dust, and then sure enough, they do. And they set that up way early in the movie with yep. the lighter. Like yes. The- yes, yes, yeah. That and shot of it. that shot of the lighter, you knew that yeah. was Chekhov's yeah. lighter. You oh, knew yeah. that was coming back later on. We we watched it and we were like, I was thinking that you know Nicholas Cage would go yes. and grab it, and so I you know, and it really did. This whole movie subverts. Everything because they know that people like us are going to watch this movie, right? You know, and so they're like, "Fuck you," you know. The Tinkerbell is going to get this goddamn lighter, you know. It's yeah. wonderful. The, again, this was for as as straightforward as it is. This film displays such an intimate knowledge of horror movie making, yeah. and uses that to satisfy and surprise the audience in a way that, that I just haven't seen in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, all right, you guys, uh, time for final thoughts. I think we all, I mean, we all give this like two thumbs up, five stars, yeah, wh- whatever it is, all mm-hmm. the stars, whatever your best score is, this is a must watch. Absolutely fucking adored it. Uh, so to wrap things up, we got to do it. We got to go through. Uh, we'll start with Arian. Where can we find you online? What are you uh, up to? Currently just uh, at such a lazy man on Instagram. Uh, that's it. Where you'll post pictures of potatoes that look suspiciously like dogs. Or, or dogs that look suspiciously like potatoes. Both ways. Whichever. Uh, cadavers, what, what's going on with you guys? Um, currently uh, in the process of a couple new things but they're not close enough to announce yet so um you know just find me on uh i don't know instagram or some shit i'll probably be banned from facebook soon like you so <laughs> just don't talk about, remember everybody uh hashtag um or punch in the fart box punch in, hashtag punch in the fart box to win the needless things mystery also, fart box it's relevant to this movie punch Yes, absolutely. Punch. Yeah. Punch uh, energy drink soda, whatever you think it is. Um, go buy our candles, uh, Cadaver Candles. Uh, follow the candles on Instagram at Cadaver Candle Co. And follow me, if you feel like it, at uh, Battle Cougar. If you want to see pictures of Newt, who's the most popular kitten ever. Cadaver Candle Company. Their candles yep. smell so good, you'll forget your dog shit in the house. Yes. <laughs> Uh, everywhere you won't even care yeah just shit all over the place it's fine on the walls you, you, you don't so to... much shit you'll need Nicolas cage to come to your house <laughs> you mean that shit you could either you could either have Nicolas cage come to your house or you could just light up a cadaver candle company candle one or wax melt cadaver candle co wax melt or candle there you go that's all you need you guys new commercial now <laughs> 
thanks for coming on talking about Willie's Wonderland. Uh, this was awesome. And you guys don't know this yet, but I have already selected next month's movie because, oh. and uh, I know, I think March is March typically Ryan's pick. Is that right? No, Ryan gets April because it's his birthday month. Ryan's April. Okay. So March is are the good because we have a very, very important 30th anniversary to celebrate in March. And it is a sequel to a movie that we have already covered here. Hmm. So everybody just stay tuned. We'll be back next month with yet another needless commentary. Remember, hashtag punch in the fart box. It's true. Keep your fart box clean. I think we can all agree if there's one message that needless things brings to the world. It is keep your fart box clean. You guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I really, really genuinely hope you all watch Willie's Wonderland. Um, it was just an awesome movie. You know, we talked about Psycho Goreman at the beginning and it was great and it was fun. And that one I'll watch again, like for the character designs or whatever. But Willie's Wonderland was legit something I can see myself watching uh, like every year for, for a very long time. It, it's sometimes simplicity is more valuable than anything. And it's very straightforward and it's, it's just genius. It really is genius in its understanding of horror tropes. So anyway, there you go. Uh, please go check out the Needless Things YouTube. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I need a sip of water. Hang on just a second, you guys. Ah, I've been talking for like two hours now. And it is... Uh, please go check out the Needless Things YouTube channel where you can find episodes of the show, but also toy reviews and unboxings, as the kids call them, of current and vintage action figures. This week, um, I did the new Ultimate Ghostface from NECA from the Scream movies and Lennard Toys 12-inch Predator, a budget toy, but the one that got me really excited and that I enjoyed unboxing. Uh, next week is probably going to be... Well, I may say probably. Next week is going to be... Uh, new G.I. Joe figures from the Classified series. I've got Zartan and I've got the Cobra Infantry Trooper um, that I'm going to be putting up reviews for in conjunction with Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. So check that out too. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.